0: One more, one more. And this has been an incredible series. And if you missed any of the weeks, I would just challenge you, go back and listen to it. And I've been hearing stories from people who are at the gym just getting ripped out listening to the podcast, or they're driving in the car, and they're doing hands-free and obeying the Lord and not texting and driving and saying, I could use this phone and redeem this demonic device to listen to God's word, because it has caused so much sin in my life through Tinder and all the other things that I'm doing. So. I would just challenge you to get into the podcast, and I hear stories even from people who don't attend this church for a variety of reasons, even ones who are too far to get here. Who are listening every single week? I had a a, a woman call me from Tennessee, and she actually asked, "Like, can you be my pastor?" Like, I'm listening every week, and I'm and she was she's in this remote area, and she's like, "There's one church close to me, but they handle snakes." So it's real time. <laughs> She's like, they are in a whole nother league. And we said, well, we'll pray for them. You know, that's the V1 campus we didn't tell you about. I was kidding. Um, But, you know, so there are people who are just tuning in every week. So I would just challenge you to do that. So um, we are a church who believes in the power of prayer. Can we just pray to kick this thing off? Okay. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your presence that's here right now. Jesus changed the entire world and started a revolution with one word, and it was the word Abba. Father, Papa, I ask that you're in the room today, that you do what only you can do. Father, I thank you that with one more, that somebody's here by divine appointment, even under the sound of my voice. Lord, that somebody's even listening to this message that needs that. It is life and death, and we take that very seriously, God. Lord, we just thank you for wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and the truth of scripture breaking every chain in our life. And Lord, we thank you for fall and pumpkin spice and everything nice in Jesus' name. And everyone basic said, amen, amen. amen. So take your seat, take your seat. My wife just shouted out, I receive that. You know, when you're a basic white girl from Northwest Indiana, the most spiritual moment in a service is when pumpkin spice is mentioned, you know? But I love you a latte. (laughs) <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> I felt like a little ashamed after I did it. <laughs> I'm that guy. We had hashtag refresh last night, which is like a group date night. And we were right here in Farmingdale at a joint. And we were holding it down. And I was just looking at all the different couples that were represented. And um, I was just so just so happy with what God has done in building such a great community, a great place to call home. And we had couples of every age group and every flavor of life. And it was so cool. And then somebody posted something on Facebook about hashtag refresh. And then some of the single folks were just like, I'm believing for me too. And we are believing for you. You know, the the quickest way for this church to multiply is for y'all to get married and start having babies. That's my long-term goal. Is that wrong? (laughs) The, The most single person in the audience shouted out, no. The most single person. I'm just going ahead and flipping through my paper Bible. You know, the Bible used to actually be printed on paper, and people used to read it on paper. And I was talking to my daughter Bella on the way here. She's 10 years old, and I was talking about the, the sermon. And you know, this is what we talk about at like 4:30 in the morning on our drive over here. And she's asking these questions about it. And I was like, which, you know," and in the title of this message, I'll just give it away for those of you who are taking notes: is one more song, one more song. And we were talking and I was like telling her about how when I was growing up my mom, some of you know my mom, she's the loudest one in the audience. So if you ever hear like who's the loudest one, that's my mom and she she used to play worship music on local access television, like local access cable. And my 10-year-old asked like, "What's cable? Is that like the radio?" Isn't that crazy? I was like, well, you know that Apple TV thing that we had that wirelessly transmits all this stuff? It used to be like a physical line that you plugged into the back of your TV. She's like, that's weird, Dad. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Um, But my mom used to play local access cable television. And and I'm the oldest of five kids, and we'd have to wait out in the waiting room. And I would sneak at like seven and eight years old. I would sneak a whole bunch of coffee because they had free coffee. So she'd come out, and I would just be like, jacked up. And she'd be like, what is wrong with you? I need to like take you to the doctor or something. But it was just me having way too much caffeine at seven or eight years old. And it changed me into what I am now. But this message today is important to me because music and song and worship is such a part of who I am. It's a part of who this church is. and. Sometimes in a Sunday morning, I'm just worshiping and throwing down and doing what I do and didn't realize that this whole place is just getting lifted and people are just wild. And I just love seeing God do that. And I love being in a place where there's freedom to just worship God and do and just, and just do what we do and that be okay, you know? And, and especially in a movie theater where like the movie It is playing afterwards or whatever. And so, you know, we've been looking at this woman's life. Her name is Hannah. And Hannah is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And we're going to really wrap this up by taking a look at what happened in her life. And then she kind of pieces out, and you don't hear too much more. So chapter 1 and chapter 2 of 1 Samuel is really all you hear. So why don't you guys just turn there with me now. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And we're going to just go over to chapter 2 now for the grand finale. And there's no shame in the table of contents. And if your Bible glows, that's also okay. We have a V1 Church app that you can download on iPhone or that um, satanic platform, Droid. And we even have it there because we're trying to redeem it. You know what I mean? Like Jesus came into the world while we were still yet sinners and Droid users. He came for us. So if you want to download the V1 Church app, you can do that. And there's a Bible on the inside. We're going to be reading from Eugene Peterson's translation called The Message. And uh, I want to read you this. It says, Hannah prayed, but it was actually a song. And, and, And many theologians kind of refer to this as Hannah's song. And it says this. Now, can I just read scripture at length and you guys go there with me? because I really believe that the most powerful thing I can do is read this scripture right now okay I'm not here to entertain you but the Word of God will change your life and if you read it out loud and put it into the atmosphere you'd be amazed at what can happen so can I just read the Bible in this movie theater right now yeah. can you just retract with me you can look at the screen in front of you you can look at your glowing Bible or your physical Bible It says Hannah prayed I'm bursting with God news look at your neighbor and just say it's time for some God news Look at that other person that you ignored and say, it's time for God news. I'm walking on air. I'm laughing at my rivals. I'm dancing my salvation. We got some dancers up in the house. I saw you up on Insta stories last night. It's time for you to dance for Jesus, okay? (laughs) Nothing and no one is holy like God. No rock mountain like our God. Don't dare talk pretentiously. Not a word of boasting ever. For God knows what's going on. He takes the measure of everything that happens. The weapons of the strong are smashed to pieces while the weak are infused with fresh strength. Anyone need fresh strength in the house right now? I'm telling you, I can drop the microphone when I'm done reading this and you had church today because scripture is that good. And we love the Bible here. So just keep tracking with me. It says, the well-fed are out begging in the street for crust while the hungry are getting second helpings. Hallelujah. The barren woman has a house full of children while the mother of many is bereft. And it says this, God brings death and God brings life brings down to the grave and raises up. God brings poverty and God brings wealth. He lowers and he lifts up. He puts poor people on their feet again. He rekindles burned out lives with fresh hope. Anyone getting rekindled and fired up today? Only God can do it. Restoring dignity and respect to their lives. A place in the sun. For the very structures of Earth are God's. He has laid out his operations on a firm foundation. He protectively cares for his faithful friends. Are you a friend of God? I want to be called a friend of God. There's no mystery what's happening when I die. God's like, welcome, friend. Do you know him? Step by step but leaves the wicked to stumble in the dark. No one makes it in this life by sheer muscle. Sorry, Superman. It ain't enough to go to the gym, even though we are going there with fit Ops but you don't make it through life like that alone. God's enemies will be blasted out of the sky, crashed in a heap and burned. God will set things right all over this earth and Fox News and CNN and whatever your vitriol of choices is, you going to have to acknowledge that he has set str- his strength to his king. He set his anointed on top of the world. And God did it. God did it. <laughs> I'm telling you this, man. She had come through this situation in life where she was barren, infertile, could not have children. So you have this man named Elkanah and this wife named Hannah, and she simply could not have children. And every year as their routine was to go to the temple and do this ritual. And it was during that routine that they would actually, uh, her rival wife, because, you know, even though God wasn't down for polygamy in their society, it was permissible in the event that the first wife you married couldn't have children so now you have this situation where there are two wives and the one wife turns into a rival wife and the rival wife would ridicule your ridicule her every time they would go through that ritual and isn't it just like life to have people that kick you while you're down like it's it's not bad enough that you're going all, all through it already but they got to make sure you know you're going through it do, does anyone know anyone like that do you follow anyone on Facebook like that that they just have to make sure to kick you while you're down and that's what was happening to this woman hannah and maybe i've got a hannah in the room right now maybe Maybe there's somebody who can identify with this, but then Hannah prays this drunken prayer. I mean, she comes and it was not a pretty prayer. Wouldn't have looked too good in your local Catholic church. It wouldn't have looked too good at your just average religious experience because this woman was so passionate about the fact that she wanted to see God do the very thing that she heard him do so many times again. The miracles of old, God, could you do it for me too? And she just was pushing through these layers of atheism. She was pushing through these layers of fear and doubt and anxiety and apprehension and worry, and she was saying, God, I'm going to pray the kind of prayer that makes the priest in this particular temple think this woman is out of her mind. And when we were in worship today, I could see some Hannahs who are saying, I'm here because I need some change in my life. And I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. And I'm going to do what no one else around me will do. I'm going to break through those barriers of skepticism. And I'm going to do all of what God has me to do in my life and get my destiny. And that's the kind of one, woman Hannah was. But then guess what happened? She got pregnant. And now Elkanah helped out a little bit with that. He did his part. And then God did his part. Amen and some of you are like amen come on god that's my destiny help me out here so then they they have this baby and now all of a sudden out of the response to this miracle that's happened in her life she begins to sing this song and it's famously called hannah's song today we got one more song to sing before this thing is over i've only got like 17 more minutes but we got one more song we're about to sing am i right julie somebody's going to get free in this place today before this is over and i believe it's going to be through one more song and maybe you're saying well i don't sing in key well it ain't about how how well you sing in key it wasn't about how well hannah prayed you know it wasn't about the dignified prayer It was about the authentic one so you know religion is all about teaching you to be dignified but relationship is about being real is there's somebody who can be real with god here today i got to tell you guys a crazy story can i tell you a crazy story this is like one of those God moments. So Julie and I are originally from Indiana, if you can't tell, people every week are like, I love listening to you preach. You sound like the sitcoms I was raised on. Cause I don't when Megan gets up here to do announcement, it's like, welcome to Long Island, you know that whole thing. And so we're from Indiana originally. And we moved just January. So this church is a very new church in, in that sense. And when we were moving in January, I had my entire life. so we basically donated or gave away uh, and threw away like two-thirds of everything we owned to try to collapse it down and just get here and, and be, you know, all right for this moving. So we had our entire life in a box truck, and we had the entire uh, church in this box truck, the one that you see outside. And we're coming down white knuckling through the mountains of Pennsylvania. It was January when those snowstorms hit, you know, the ones that you like called off of work for. We were almost dying. And we're coming through the mountains and we get about, it's about a 900 and something mile journey. And we're more than halfway through and we get a call from our realtor. And she explains, because of the new construction that was happening in your building, we cannot let you move in. We made a mistake. There's no gas, which means there's no heat and we cannot legally let you move in. So now I'm definitionally homeless. And we have just left this mega church that we came from where thousands of people are praying for us. It was epic. Everyone's just like, you know, they're going to go change the world. They're going to change New York. They're going to change Long Island. And they send us off on this like epic journey. And we're coming through like, you know, with the ring headed to Mordor. And all of a sudden we get into the mountains of Pennsylvania. We get this call like, you cannot move in and we messed up and we're like okay god hey whatever it's a redirect you know when the bad stuff first starts to happen you like are super hyper spiritual and you're just cool with it you know you're like well praise god the devil is a liar you know that one you're all like super christian in that moment julie we're gonna get a holy hotel and we're gonna swim in a pool and praise god right through it you know what i mean and they're like, yeah, it's going to be like two weeks. And you're like, we don't have money for a hotel and I don't feel spiritual anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you can sleep on the floor in Flushing, Queens, at, at the, my house. This is what the realtor's telling us. So we end up sleeping on the floor and we get some blow-up mattresses and, and we have our first service in 20 days. So we're like freaking out a little bit. And not feeling as spiritual as we should, as these triumphant lead pastors that, f- like, you know, came out of Northwest Indiana, like, we we're gonna change the world. And so, anyways, Julie and I did what we know to do in those moments. There's some people here, when you get in certain situations in life, as you deepen your relationship with Christ, you're going to know, I got one more prayer, and I got one more song, and that's all I got, because there ain't nothing else going to fix this one. Has anyone ever been there before? Have you ever got the doctor's report, and they told you there is nothing in known medical science that can fix your problem? You got one more prayer, and you got one more song. You know, like when your stepdad leaves, and the bills are due, and your mom's on bed rest, rest, and there ain't no way that the bills are going to get paid you got one more prayer and you got one more song and if you haven't gotten to that place in life you're it's coming it is coming and this situation for us wasn't that bad we're like whatever it's 10 days but the problem was our clothes were all packed in the very front of this box truck and we couldn't even access them we had like two outfits that we just washed on rotation and Julie's like everyone put your robes on and just lounge around while we wash our two items of clothing And we're just going through this, and we have this launch team who's just like, why aren't we doing events? (laughs) We're like, we're dying. (laughs) So long story short, there's so much more to it, but we had this song. Julie, can you help me out with this? We're going to make a moment. There is this song that Julie and I had that we were like, we are going to just worship off this song. And you know, there's certain songs that define different eras of your life. You know what I mean? And um, well, you need a microphone, babe. And so, you know, there's this, there's this song that sort of defined this era. And this story is one of the craziest stories I have. And we're talking about Hannah. We're talking about scripture. But Julie's going to sing it for you. And I want you to just hear this song, OK? So you can kind of cut out on keys. And we'll just let Jules sing this song. So just give, give us this song. <laughs> no pressure. <clears throat> I'll take this mountain and make it an altar. Pour out my worship all for Your honor. And in the face of fear, You will hear me say, "My God is worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised." Sing it one more time. I'll take this mountain make it an altar pour out my worship all for your honor and in the face of fear you will hear me say my god is worthy 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 to be praised man come on did you feel something change (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) See, somebody's got one more song here. And I didn't know how we were going to get through it, but I was like, God, you called me here. I'm putting my stake down on Long Island. I don't care what anyone says. We're going to birth a church. We're going to change this region. We're going to make Jesus famous. And we sang that song and we sang it again and we sang it again and we sang it again. And every time they told me we can't do this and this won't work out, we sang it again and we sang it again. And all of a sudden, We got our apartment. (laughs) And God moved us in an apartment or whatever, and we got heat. And for some of you who are atheistic and natural-minded and you want to know the equation that made all this possible, let me just blow your mind for a second. All of a sudden, we go to church in Queens. And at this particular church, You know this is an awesome church it's an awesome church and we walk in and all of a sudden on every single seat can you put this picture up this is on every seat and it's a picture of a mountain and it says only believe now we've been singing on repeat i'll take this mountain and i'm gonna make that mountain my altar like the thing that looks impossible is where I'm going to get down on my face before the Lord and say only God only God I'm going to take that mountain I'm going to make it my altar and we show up to this church service and on every single seat you have these pictures that say only believe and they say we want you to write your prayer request on the back of these and take them to the altar and Julie and I are crawling up to the front holding it it says God we want to see V1 church happen and and they're crying everyone's like man we didn't think it was that good of an idea for service. But they didn't know I was on a divine appointment and the God in heaven was a good, good father. And he said, son, keep singing that song for me. Now, for those of you who stood up during that portion of the story, that's not the best part. The best part is last month, I'm in this cafe in Queens about a month and a half ago and I see this woman with her Bible open and it's not common to see people reading Bibles in New York. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden I look at her and I'm like trying to be led by the Holy Spirit. So I walk up to her and I'm like, hey, you know, I know you have the Bible open and this is probably like Captain Obvious, but I'm a pastor and I just want to encourage you for a second. Like, I love the fact that you're here in this public place and you're just doing your thing. But more specifically, I feel this. So I started speaking into what I think that God wanted to tell her. Well, tears are streaming down her face and she's validating it. Yes, I needed to hear this, whatever. And I'm starting to get choked up because I'm like, I just stepped out into this unknown territory and it's working. Cause you know, that's the human side. Like this actually worked, I can't believe it. Um, and so when it was over, she's like, let's let's follow each other on social media and stay in touch. So I follow her, her name's Hannah Burton. She's this famous photographer. And she does like, she's done a lot of incredible work that you can check out. And so all of a sudden like, Time goes by a month and a half. Well, I see on her Insta story that she's posting up all this furniture, and we had talked about wanting to hang out and connect her with Julie. So I said, hey, are you posting all this furniture? Because you're going to move, because I would love uh, to still hang out. Like we said, love for my wife to meet you. It just felt like they had kindred spirits. So all of a sudden, we get together yesterday for breakfast, and we're talking about her life, and we're sharing, and we're laughing or whatever. And, And she asked the question, like, what was it like when you first moved to New York? Like, what was going on in your life? So we start telling the story that I just told you and she says you'll never believe this but that picture of that mountain I took that picture (laughs) come on now there's 10 million people in this place up in here atheists I'm telling you, she said, I took that picture. I was working with the leadership of that church, and it was my idea to have this experience where people would see the mountain and say, Only believe, and then submit the prayer request and come. And that was an idea that the Holy Spirit gave me for that church, and now I know it was truly for you guys, probably among others and here's what's crazy she said the picture of that mountain was actually in a region where there was a sign that said for forbidden path do not cross and she said the you know the people who were with her was like let's sin (laughs) let's let's go up there and she said that that they went up this forbidden path and it was at the top of that mountain that they got this view and it's very much like what I felt like our family was doing was going to the place that they said don't go. And what's the forbidden path in your life that's gonna change the perspective? You know, And, and it just think about how it's all intimately connected and how God has got you, how God has got you if you will only believe. And I love what it says. It doesn't say strive, strategize, plan. It doesn't say freak out. Somebody hear me preaching right now. It doesn't say just try to upgrade your life and, re- and all those things are important. There's a time and a place for them, but it says only believe. Because there are certain mountains that you aren't going to strategize yourself out of. There are certain things in your life where it is a, a space that God reserves only for Himself to say, Get your buck back to me. Yes. Am I right? And so, what I love about this song, and I want to look at it just a little bit closer, is Hannah had one of those experiences where it was an only believe experience. And 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 now on the other side of it, she says, I'm bursting with God news. See, some of you guys want good news so bad, but that good news is only going to last you for a season. You, It's time for God news. See, God news is a kind of story that's undeniable. God news is like, there ain't no other part that was played in this but by God. And it's time for some God news. And she's bursting with God news, walking on air. <laughs> I love it. And it's the opposite of how we feel so many times. There's three things that worship, that releasing a song will produce in your life. Number one, it reverses the silence of shame. Hannah was ashamed. She was infertile in a culture that celebrated childbearing. And she was silent. She was silent while she was ridiculed. She was silent while she had that issue of infertility in her life, but then after God did what only God could do. Guess what happens? It reverses the silence of shame, and worship begins to come out. Worship begins to come out. There's somebody in this room today who's been dealing with shame in your own personal life. And when we get ready to sing this song out one more time, you're going to reverse the silence of the shame of what happened to you and what you've been through. Number two, it places you in the present moment. I love this so much because Hannah had to acknowledge Only God could do this right here where I'm standing. And as you begin to worship, you take your mind out of a fake future, and you begin to put it into God's reality right now. And most of the worry and the anxiety and the fear that we're dealing with is the result of a fake future. Not what God's spoken, not what God declared, and not even what would happen on its own natural consequences, but just what you've chosen to believe. And that statement, only believe is God saying, only believe that I can do it, only believe that I am who I am. And it, it worship is the anti-worry because it places you in the present moment. Yeah. And what I love is she had to stand there and say, I used to be this, but now I'm this, praise God. I used to struggle with this, and praise God, we're not where we used to be. Is there someone here right now who can say that I'm not where I used to be? Yeah. And and some of you guys, when you begin to cry during worship and you feel the presence of God, you know what you're actually experiencing? God putting you in the present moment for the first time in your week. Because you were living in the past or you were living in a fake future the entire time. And as you begin to worship, this existential moment by moment reality begins to consume you. And God says, you're standing in my presence right now and the tears that fall down from your face is an acknowledgment that God has got you right here, right now, in this moment. And it's, worship is the anti-worry. Are there some worshipers in this place? Number three is this. It establishes the true God, the one that you're not. Worship establishes the true God, the one that you are not. Yes, we give you a throne called a leather recliner. And yes, it's a nice throne with a little seat that reclines back. But you are not God in your life. And worship is an acknowledgment, you know, and we don't have time to go there today. But do you know that there's even in the Greek, this idea that the word worship means to bow down and to lay down. And I was thinking of meditating on that today. And if you could just imagine for a second, if, if, if this is the posture of worship like this, your eyesight is suddenly disabled. You put your ears close enough to the ground that you're not hearing what you heard in the atmosphere above. And these senses that you rely on so much, you put them to the floor. And God says, let me teach you another reality. Is somebody hear me today? And so the posture of worship is literally to get down on your face according to scripture And it's a place where all those sensory experiences are put in their position, and it establishes the true God. Because Hannah could have worshiped her infertility. You know, all of you in this place are excellent worshipers. The question is, what are you worshiping? What is the direction of your affections, of your love, of your adoration? Where is it headed? And when you get into this place called worship, you begin to redirect it. And what was at stake with Julian? You guys can come help me out here. What was at stake was us worshiping the wrong things in that story i told you what was at stake was our attention and our affection going into this false future but we turned it around and said god you're still god god you are still god i want to read first peter chapter 2 verse 9 it says you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I like what it says, you may declare. Declare means to shout it out, to get loud, to get wild. Would you just stand to your feet with me right now? You got one more song. So God did it for us. We're here on the other side. It was just so incredibly powerful to see how God tied all the little pieces together. Now we're talking to the woman who took the picture of the mountain. and You're like, that's such a great story, but but Pastor Mike, it's just not true for me. Like I'm still struggling with my own stuff, and I, I've come in week after week, and I feel the same way I did when I got here. And And you just need God to really undeniably speak to you. I want to tell you it's going to happen during one more song. There was a time, and Julie and I have spoken about this publicly, but... Two times in our life we suffered a miscarriage. And you know, the very first time leading up to it, I was in Olive Garden, which we love. This is where fake Italians go in Indiana. And we were in Olive Garden, and, and they were supposed to bring out a glass of water for me. But they brought out this bottle that was like full of confetti. And I'm looking at it kind of confused, like, um, what is this? And Julie's like, we're going to have a baby. Congratulations. I'm like, oh my god. And you're so excited. You have this expectation. You have this anticipation about, is it a boy? Is it a girl? What are we going to name it? And you kind of go through that. And, and then all of a sudden, you fast forward. And there's this moment where your wife leaves the house with a baby and comes back empty. And, and especially when you're a Christian, you can get into those moments where you're like, God, why? Why? I worship you. I preach on, I preach your word. I'm your guy. Should there be some kind of favor that would exempt me from all this madness that other people go through? And you wrestle with God and maybe you're here in this place and you're wrestling too. And you're just like, I don't understand why bad things happen to good people. And I don't understand why sometimes this thing that you try to hype us up on about how Christianity is going to solve all my problems doesn't work because I'm still dealing and struggling with problems. But there was a choice that had to be made. And you know, at that time, I was the worship leader. And so it was Saturday when my wife had the miscarriage. And then we didn't want to tell everyone. We were just dealing with shame. We were dealing with the emptiness. We were dealing with all the hurt. But I was scheduled to lead worship the next day. And I had a choice I was going to make. I chose one more song. We got people who were in the audience when I was for that Sunday, I got up there, and man, I'm telling you, nobody knew. I walked in. I had a smile on my face. And I said, I'm here to offer the living God something. I've just got to pour out my heart and worship before him. And do you know that when I started to sing those songs of worship and play the guitar, that place just got unusually thick in the air. And the atmosphere began to change. And all of a sudden, people physically got out of their seats. I mean, I wasn't even asking them to do it. And they started to move into the aisles. And the whole place just exploded with this worship. It was it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I've ever had in my life without any provocation, without any instruction. They just begin to move all around the building. And I believe what was happening was that I was literally moving God. I was just beginning to just touch the hem of his garment. I just begin to sing that one more song. Just like Hannah, I believe that Hannah, there's these people in scripture who just push their way past all the boundaries, push their way past all the religions and traditions of men. And they said, I'm here because I've got to know God. God, and God's got to know my name. I'm going to be noisy enough and loud enough until he knows that I exist and I'm here and that I've got a burden of my heart that needs to be changed. And when I was in that worship service, I didn't leave with a child then. God knew I was going to get Everly and he was going to give me double for everything I asked for with Everly. I still left without a child. I still left empty after that experience, but I was full of the presence of God. If you will take the mountain in your life this morning and turn it into an altar, everything around you will start responding. And we're going to sing this song one more time. So can we just sing it out? And as we sing this, I want you guys to just join in and just begin to declare it over your life. And as you do that, it's not going to be something a preacher does. It's going to be something that comes out of your belly. So just begin to lift it up right now and declare that he's good and he's perfect in all of his ways. The ways that we understand and the ways we don't understand. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.